Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Okay, wrap it up. I had to give it a thumbs up with my cut thumb. I cut my thumb cutting watermelon yesterday. Uh, good morning, City Beautiful. Uh, my name is Kristen Blummel. I used to be an elder until this month. I think I stopped at the beginning of June, but they still let me speak, so you know I didn't leave for a bad reason. <laughs> at least that's what I think. Uh, and I'm still part of the community, but no longer an elder. Oh, thanks. Is that in case I get tired? Oh, for my water. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to bend all the way down for my water. Now it's up here. Thank you, Jason. That's so nice. Um, so today's Pentecost Sunday, and they let me talk. I think maybe uh, I was just talking to Steve. Like, I, I feel a little bit funny because I'm not nearly as funny as Steve. Um, and I'm not as smart as Jonathan. <laughs> so I don't know why they let me talk, but it hopefully will be good. And I thought... I'll start off with jokes, so at least everyone's happy to start with, and then it should go well from there. So these have nothing to do with what I'm talking about. These are just for fun. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Marshall started doing jokes in our like thread on Slack. So if you're not on our Slack and you want to join it just for Marshall's jokes, do that, because it was good. I thought about saying that one today, but you already did it, so I won't. Um, okay. So, this, again, no reason for this. It has nothing to do with the rest of what I'm talking about. Um, if Liar's Pants really did catch on fire, watching the news would be a lot more funny. <laughs> right? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one, uh, I just want you to imagine that uh, there's a picture of a manger scene. Put it in your imagination. Jesus in the manger, all the animals surrounding him. So the camel says, I will bring him gifts. The donkey says, I will carry him. The fish, which I don't know why there's a fish at the manger. Like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a tank there. I don't know. But picture a fish at the manger. And he says, I will pay his taxes. The cow says, I will quench his thirst. The dove says, I will bless his baptism. The sheep says, I will warm him. The duck says, I will feed him. The pig says, I will let him fill me with demons and then I will jump off a cliff. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think it was because uh, pigs aren't, you know, pork's not kosher and this is in the Jewish community. So of course it was the pigs that went off the side. Do you guys know that story? Okay, good. <laughs> if you don't know the Bible, that's not very funny. <laughs> um, okay, this one, I think we'll skip that one. <laughs> uh, I've, I've never been held hostage, but I have been in a group chat. Group text. <laughs> yeah, it's not that funny. <laughs> Ah, okay. This is, uh, oh, this one's kind of true. My favorite childhood memory is having energy. It, once you're a parent, that's more funny, just so you know. Um, 
Okay, yes, this one. This is good. Uh, what would you like people to say about you after you die? A rabbi, a priest, and a minister were all asked the same question. What would you like people to say about you after you die? The priest said, I hope that people say that I helped them to understand the absolute love of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has to offer them through the church. The minister said, when I die, I hope that people will say I saved many souls by bringing them to Christ. Finally, the rabbi was asked, Rabbi, what do you hope people will say about you after you have died? Without pausing, the rabbi looked and answered, look, he's still breathing. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's the end of my turn. <laughs> not a stand-up comedian. But did you know, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about also, but I, I teach on the brain and on learning. I, uh, I'm on staff with YWAM Orlando, and this week I got to talk about personalities and how they learn best. So one really important factor for learning is laughing. It actually engages your brain to help you retain information. So there you go. That's why I started with jokes. It's scientific. Um, so the context, we're, we've been in this series of talking about, um, like, I love that you're doing the Ephesians study. Ephesians is my favorite book of the Bible. I'm trying to have, I'm trying to memorize the whole thing. I have good chunks of it memorized, but not the entire thing. But we've been talking about the different roles, like the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and how uh, we're equipped with those, or we, we fill those roles for the sake of the kingdom. Um, so last week, Ryan talked about, I loved that, his sermon on Esther. If you weren't here, uh, I suggest going back and listening to it because it was really good. But he talked about uh, not allowing privilege to exempt us. Um, sorry, I'm going to read this word for word because it was just good. Uh, not allowing privilege to exempt us, but using the privilege that we have to partner with God to love other people. Um, yeah, so good. So today, this is a continuation of all that we've been talking about in this series, because um, it's Pentecost Sunday. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll talk about what is Pentecost. Uh, yes, Father, <laughs> thank you for jokes, and thank you for laughter. And Lord, I ask that, um, that I wouldn't say things that, uh, that aren't what you would have me say, but I would be walking out in the fear of the Lord, that I would care more about what you're wanting me to say than how it's even received. Um, and Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come um, in a more powerful way than, um, than it's already. Thank you. I, I love, has, Ryan always prays, Lord, we testify to that you are here, you are present. But Lord, I ask that you would come in an even more powerful way as I speak and that you would interpret the things that I say uh, to what people need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so did you know that uh, Pentecost existed before the story of Acts 2? Um, Pentecost was a Jewish holiday. It was celebrating the feast. Uh, the fe uh, they feasted to celebrate, um, what is it called? The Harvest Week. So there are two harvests back then. One, the first one is in May or June, and then the second one is in the fall. So Pentecost was a time of all of the people celebrating the early harvest. So that's the context for uh, Acts 2. That's what's happening. 
Um, Pentecost is the Greek name, but the Jews called it the Feast of the Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. Look how nice this is. I just set it right there. It's so great. Um, okay, so we're going to be reading Acts chapter 2. Important to know that this, at least I think, having context for uh, books of the Bible before charging into them is really helpful. I, how, how many of you, just raise your hand, have, are familiar with the Bible Project? Yay, that is so helpful uh, as far as getting context for a book of the Bible before you just charge in reading it, because it's really helpful to know, okay, who wrote this book and why did they write it and who were they writing it to? So the book of Acts is written by Dr. Luke, um, or the physician, Luke the physician, um, so the same guy who wrote the book of Luke wrote Acts, and it used to be one big book, but then it was divided into two books of Luke and then the Acts or the Acts of the Apostles. So that's where we're reading today. And the, um, also important to know, Acts is after Jesus has already died, he's been risen, and he comes back and he teaches his d disciples for the next 40 days about his kingdom. So that's where we're at in the story. I was listening. I was listening to the Bible. Like I play the Bible from my phone often in the mornings, and I was listening to it yesterday. I was just cleaning the bathroom, and it was uh, Acts and Stephen going through the Old Testament and sharing things. And my daughter Arwen was so confused by where are we in the Bible, <laughs> because he's telling Old Testament stories, but it's after Jesus is here. So that's where we're at. After Jesus is here, died, risen. So Acts chapter 2, and we will read this. I'm going to stand over here so I can see it. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear that their own languages were being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parth now I'm going to mess it up. Parthenons, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the providence of Asia, <laughs> Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. I always say those in my head so I don't have to pronounce them. So I had to ask Ryan how to pronounce it this morning. Um, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Is that the end of the text that we're reading for now? Yeah. 
So funny commentary on that. Um, I was thinking about that it says they're just drunk. And I was thinking like, today we have a time where alcohol is not sold after a certain hour. I wonder if they had that. And that's why he was like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They can't be drunk. Does any, did anyone ever think about that? No. Okay. That's fine. Uh, so why tongues of fire and why the loud rush of wind? I don't know if you've ever thought about why that, but if you were living in this time, you would be very aware that fire and wind symbolize God's presence. If you think about how the Israelites knew that God was present, think about stories in the Old Testament like um, Moses is the burning bush. God is represented as fire. And also when um, the Jews were traveling out of Egypt and across the wilderness, the Lord led them by a cloud in the day and fire by night. So the symbolism of like rushing wind and fire were very familiar to people at this time. Talking makes me thirsty. Um... So the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the followers of Jesus knew that this meant God's presence is no longer contained in the temple, that the Holy Spirit now dwells in us and we are the new temple of God. And this would have been a pretty crazy thing. I was even thinking about um, the story of Jesus with the woman at the well, and she's talking about, well, where can we worship? We have to, you Jews say that you have to go to Jerusalem, but we um, Samaritans think that it's here that we worship. And at this point in the story, this is where God lives in us. We can talk to God anywhere we are. Um, we don't have to go to a temple to talk to the Lord, because he lives in us. And that's pretty incredible. First uh, Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God? God's spirit dwells in you. At the time, again, this would be a crazy thing to see tongues of fire come and to realize that you are now the tabernacle of God, the place that the Lord lives. So the rest of the story of Acts 2 I thought about, do we read this whole thing? I thought I will lose everyone in the crowd. But Peter gets up and he preaches uh, to this crowd, explaining that the people are not drunk, but that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to give a gospel presentation with history of the Old Testament and explaining what uh, the prophet said and the fulfillment of that. And Jesus is Lord and he's been raised and you killed him, but he is risen and now uh, you need to repent, basically. And you can go and read all of Acts 2. It's, it's great. Um, but uh, as he does this gospel presentation, at the beginning of Acts 2, it says that there are 120 people who are meeting together daily. And Peter gets up and he gives this gospel's presentation. And 3,000 people came to know the Lord that day uh, because of this, which is, that's a lot of people. I also thought Peter must have been really loud because I don't think they had microphones at that point. Unless it was like one of those amphitheaters that just... You know, you could just project your voice a lot. But I do think Peter was loud. Also because I study personalities. And there are things that you can see if you read the, the Gospels about Peter's personality. He was definitely an extrovert. Uh, he's always the first one talking. Uh, and he's definitely a perceiver. If you know the Myers-Briggs, he like sees an opportunity and he just jumps in and does it. It's funny. 
That's how I read scripture, super nerdy. I look at personalities and I think about, oh, Jesus was this, Peter was this, Paul was this. I know, that's not normal. Um, Okay, so what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit uh, in the 40 days that he was here, we're going to read Acts 1, 4. I'm going to step back again. Once... When they were eating, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. (laughs) As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has already been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. One of the things I was thinking about um, in reading this is that these are the disciples that spent three years with Jesus, like all day, all night. They moved together. They camped together. They were with Jesus all the time for three years. And yet he still tells them to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about how you, you can't get any better training than the disciples. Like they, they followed Jesus for three years and he said, go wait for the Holy Spirit. Um, so, (laughs) um, I think it, it's funny anytime that I, I feel like I have, like I can teach or I can, um, do any kind of ministry without including the Holy Spirit, like without waiting on the Holy Spirit just seems so ignorant to me. Um, because even Jesus told the disciples to go wait for the Holy Spirit. Um, waiting on the Holy Spirit for insight can save you years of effort of ministry work. A simple obedience opens the door for the Lord to reveal himself. Uh, I am on staff with a missions organization called YWAM, or Youth with a Mission. And one of the things I really appreciate about YWAM is that they do this really well. And I've learned a lot in the last few years about sitting and waiting for the Lord to give specific direction and walking out in obedience and being amazed at what the Lord does, because then it's his idea, not mine. Um, It's so helpful. So I want to talk about some of the things that we see in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is. Uh, First, he's the helper in Romans 8, 26. We won't read all these verses. I'll just reference them. I love that he's the helper. This is another one that's one of my favorites. He's the reminder 
in John chapter 14, it says that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that Jesus has said to you. I don't always have a great memory. My husband will tell you. <laughs> I forget things. So, so often I'll, I'll hear the Lord say something and I'll, I'll be driving and I don't want to take notes. I, I guess I could do a voice memo, but whatever. You don't want to use your phone while you're driving. And I will think, Lord, I'm going to forget this. Can you remind me when I'm not driving that <laughs> you said this? And he does. And sometimes I'll pray, oh, Holy Spirit, remind me until I'm obedient, until I have the opportunity to walk out in obedience to the things you're saying. So the Holy Spirit is the reminder. He's the voice of God today. Um, yes, God's voice. So, so important. I was trying to decide, do I want to go off on a rant? I'll reel it in. Uh, evidence of God's presence, just as the tongues of fire over people's heads, that represents the Holy Spirit. This is the evidence of God's presence, the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's the one who gives us power to be his witnesses in Acts 1.8. Um, the Holy Spirit is the gift, like we just read, but also in Luke 11.13. Uh, I always think my daughter is eight. She really, 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 really loves gifts. Um, so some people know that if you want to become her friend, you bring her a gift. And it doesn't have to be like a big thing. It can be a shell that you found at the beach, but gifts are a really big deal to her. Definitely her top love language. But I was thinking if, if Arwen were with Jesus and Jesus said, go wait for your gift, she would be waiting <laughs> for her gift, like ready. <laughs> what is the gift? And she would be thinking about what it is. So funny. Uh, that was a rant, and now I have to come back and remember where I was. Oh, yes. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. Uh, he brings conviction of sin. In John's, uh, John 16, it says that. And um, the Holy Spirit brings the fruit of the Spirit. That's another thing I like to talk about when I talk about personalities. Um, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. When the Holy Spirit is in us, we're exemplifying all of those things. Uh, so now I want you to turn to the people that you're with or strangers behind you, or you can get up and move, whatever you want. But we're going to spend a couple minutes just talking in groups about what has the Holy Spirit been to you in your history. So I want to give two, two minutes for this. Go ahead and turn and talk about what has the Holy Spirit been to you.
Start to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, so this isn't typical, but just for fun, are there maybe like two people who would be willing to share something that either you or someone in your group shared? You have to be loud. Probably only going to get extroverts responding to this. Just a couple people. What did you guys talk about in your group? What has the Holy Spirit meant to you? I'll wait. Good. Uh, he, the Holy Spirit taught him how to live out the fruits of the Spirit. He was a convictor and a truth teller. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yes, the Holy Spirit highlights things. He brings things to your awareness that you might not be aware of. You are probably an intuitive also. <laughs> I have noticed that it, in Myers-Briggs, I'm sorry, I'm not here to talk about it. It's just, it's always in my head. So then it comes out my mouth. Um, but the way that intuitive brains work is that there's so much information like swimming around and the Holy Spirit is so helpful because he like narrows things in like a big highlighter circling it. So helpful for this brain. <laughs> Yes, the Holy Spirit works as a highlighter for sure. Not that he doesn't do that for you sensors. Just intuitives need a little more help. That's all. Uh, so I wanted to share this story of um, some, some of our YWAM Orlando students. Actually, I don't think they were YWAM Orlando. YWAM students, these are um, probably 18, 19-year-olds. That's how old our students typically are. So we sent a group of our students out to do evangelism in a park. And there were like three kids, 18 years old, like, what are we going to do? And one of the kids is like, I feel like God wants us to go over by this tree and I'm supposed to stand on my head. And that's so weird. I don't know. What do you guys think? And the girls are like, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, you look like an idiot, but we're your friends. It'll be fine. Let's do it. So these three students, they go into this park and this kid like, okay, I've got this. And he flips upside down and they're holding his legs up and he just stands on his head. Um, so weird. <laughs> Even if I were one of his like leaders, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let me know how that goes. So this kid does it. He's on his head 
Uh, and a guy, this is a real story, uh, a guy in the park walks up to these students and he asks the kid, why are you standing on your head? Uh, and the kid upside down is like, I felt like the Lord told me to. <laughs> and this, uh, this guy was like, I, I was sitting in the park contemplating killing myself and I told the Lord, if you're real, you'll have someone come to the park and stand on their head. Yeah. Yeah. So the kid gets off his head, <laughs> stands up and says, God is real. This is what he did in my life. Let me tell you about it. And he leads this guy to the Lord, which is crazy. That's like such a crazy story. Um, but that's why I said earlier, uh, <laughs> like if you follow the specific things that the Holy Spirit says, he can save you so much effort and so much time and he can reach in and save someone from where they're at that you have no idea about. So crazy. Um, so yeah, that's, I just love that story. Um, do you realize that at the moment you submitted to Jesus, you received power to be his witnesses? That's what Acts 2.38 says that he's now inviting us to share his gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And sharing your story of what God has done in your life is usually as simple as it is. Like, this is what the Lord did in my life, and this is what he could do in your life. If Christ has changed your life, why would you not want to tell people? Like, that's, that's crazy to me. If someone were to look at your life, would they know by looking at your life that you believe that there is life after death? Does your life look like you believe that there is eternity? I'm going to share one more story about this. Um, I think I'm going to share Henry's story. There's another staff guy, and this is actually like one of my friends I know. Um, this guy named Henry is 21, I think, and he's like tattoos everywhere. He's really into CrossFit. He's like like a dude. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> he's like a dude. Um, he was going to go on outreach to Tanzania. This happened last year, last fall. And he really hates inauthenticity. Like he wants things to be authentic. It's a big deal to him. He hates fake, uh, which is typical of people in his generation. But he especially really hates fake. Uh, so they were going in Tanzania. They were going from house to house or hut to hut. They're called bomas there. Um, and he was in this boma and he saw this lady limping kind of like this. He said it was really obvious and he was kind of annoyed because it meant he had to do something about it. Um, and he was like, oh, I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to pray for her leg to grow out. And that's the dumbest thing. I hate when people pray for legs to grow out. <laughs> uh, he decides I'd rather be obedient than go home and realize that this lady could have been healed. And I was too chi like chicken or like full of myself to pray something like that. So he prays for this lady. Um, and he also like, he's like, I, I know God heals, but not through me. That's not really my thing. Anyway, he decides to be obedient to the Lord and he prays for this lady, uh, that her leg would grow out and her hips ended up shifting. Her leg grew out. 
she gets so excited and so shocked that she starts like jumping and running around. And then she ran out of the house and our students and this guy, Henry, are just sitting there like more shocked than the lady was <laughs> that she's been healed. And so anyway, she runs out of her house and runs around the village and starts telling people, these missionaries from America are here. They're telling me about Jesus. I just got healed. Come and listen to them, basically. Um, so anyway, Henry got to lead more people in a village in Tanzania to the Lord because he was willing to be obedient and to look like a fool uh, and pray for someone's leg to grow out. So my challenge to us today <laughs> is to do better at asking the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And walking out in obedience to that, even if it is something that seems really silly or feels really awkward. Um, and as, uh, as we enter this second worship set, um, and you have some time to reflect and pray with the Lord, um, I want you to consider, do I live like I really believe that there is an eternity? Because if you do believe there's an eternity, your life looks different because of it. Um, could I have the elders that are here to pray with people or the leaders who want to pray with people? We always have them at the end uh, if you want to come down just to be available um, as, as the worship starts. That would be great. I also want to say, like, we don't do this super often in this church, but having the Holy Spirit live in you and being able to walk in obedience has to start with having a relationship with the Lord. So if you've never done that, that's step one. Um, and you can come and get prayer with uh, some of the elders here just to start the process. Because you have to have a relationship with the Lord in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, in order to walk out in obedience uh, and have your life look like you believe there is eternity. So yeah, we can leave that prompt up there. Just spend a few minutes asking the Lord, do I really live? Do I live like I really believe that there is an eternity? This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.